Welcome to the WP SEO Show, brought to you by SEO Hive, your proactive white label SEO partner. The WP SEO Show is all about talking WordPress and SEO, from optimizations, structures, setups, and plugins. We explore how to make your WordPress website perform better in the search engines. Here are your hosts, Pete Everett and Jeff Patch. Hello and welcome to the WP SEO Show. Pete hit start recording a little bit before I was ready. I am your co-host Jeff. <laughs> I'm here with, with, with Pete. We're not going to do as goofy of an intro today. We've already gotten that out of the way. How's it going, Pete? <laughs> hey, I'm all good. Thanks, mate. How are you? <laughs> we're still uh, we're still having fun with, with all this awkwardness of recording and all that, but I am good. Actually, I've been a little under the weather this week, so hopefully I don't look or sound too bad but we're here we are uh we've been chatting a little bit about what we're recording this week and i'm looking forward to it yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun it's been it's been an odd week this week you've been you've been a bit down uh we've got like a, a buggy coldy thing going through our house so one of our sons wasn't too great with it they they, they were still all right to go to school but they weren't like they weren't 100 percent. and uh my wife's been um my wife's been struggling with it the last couple of days so it's, it's something that's going around and it's obviously international it's yeah, it's obviously you guys sent it to me through Zoom or something, I guess. <laughs> hey, well, yours isn't our fault. That's not where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, I thought you I thought that's what you meant. It's going around internationally, so <laughs> No, it's I don't know about you, but it's like anytime I talk about being sick, I instantly feel like I'm like, Oh, I've got COVID. Like I don't have COVID, but I feel like I'm sounding like I've got COVID or ever and that's just what everyone's gonna think now for anytime someone's like, Oh, I'm not feeling good. Before, like years ago, it was like ah, they're probably lying, or they're probably they just don't want to they don't want to hang out tonight, or whatever it is, just look for an excuse. Now it's like okay, cool. Like that's the yeah. instant. Like I totally accept that. If somebody says, "Ah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling good," I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll talk to you later." Like I'm done. Like I don't want to yeah. see you. <laughs> yeah. I love you. I hope you're doing good. I hope you feel better. But that's that's cool. We'll see you next time. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, COVID. COVID was is a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. My um, my first my eldest son got it when uh when we were I, I, it, well it was in the november so what covid started in the march so it was like six or seven months in it was before vaccine vaccines were a thing mm-hmm. and um he got it, it was a kid in his class got it the whole class isolated and three days later he he tested positive for it and he they were doing because the class was isolating they were just figuring out how zoom school worked so we'd given him a computer i mean he was only like nine at the time so he didn't have a computer in his room so we gave him a computer with a little webcam so he could do that in his bedroom and and uh yeah we, he had he had a desk in there already for doing his homework and that kind of thing and he just had these like bouts where he just went really weak like it, it just like he he almost like shut down a bit like he sort of fainted or passed out and he he would go so weak he couldn't get from his bed from his chair in his at his desk to his bed wow. he was he literally couldn't move and um you know we'd just hear him like collapse and he couldn't talk he just sort of like gazed out of his face and uh yeah we th- this happened for about on and off for about 12 or 14 hours he just kept on having these episodes so the first but they'd last about maybe 30 or 40 seconds and then he'd kind of come around but he was quite confused and a bit woolly and, and whatever and then we could get him to his bed 
And then about 20 minutes later, he was back to his normal self. So it happened the first time and he seemed to get better. The second time it happened, we rang, uh, we rang the ambulance, but they didn't want to come because we had active COVID in the house. And by the time we were like off or by the time we were uh, sort of on the phone with them, he'd then come round again. So they'd said, right, well, we're going to stand the, the crew down, ring us back if it happens again. And that happened two more times. And they never, te- they never came because he'd always sort of come around. And then, then we got to a night time and he did go to sleep. We didn't sleep a lot that night, just checking on him. And the following day, thankfully, I mean, he still wasn't very well, but he was, it, that didn't happen again. And uh, then he sort of started to pick up day on day from there. So COVID was a vile, vile thing. Oh, um, man, that is, yeah. that's terrifying. I remember when he, when he got it, but you did not share that much info with me at the time. I just thought he was up there with the sniffles. He's like, yeah, he's, he's doing a couple of days. He'll be all right. You know, that, well, that's the extent of, I knew how bad things got in your house. Well, so thanks. But, but, but bless him. He had, he did get it. He had it four times over oh like, my gosh. like over a period of like, eight or eight months to a year, I guess. He had it four times. He had it more than anybody else in the house. Um, and, That's you more know, than it, my whole family combined. Right, okay. So um, <laughs> as a as a family, like Gabs and I, we just decided, you know what? He's our son. He's, he's nine. Likewise, the younger one, he would have been six at the time. You know, they're our children. We're not going to treat them any differently. We're not going to stop touching them. We're not going to shut them in the room. Yeah. You know what? If, if we get it, so be it. We're, we're going to be with him. And um, that was... Yeah, so so that was the decision we made. The, that particular instance when Isaac got it, that was the first time he had it. And he, you could tell he was getting sort of, when we first tested him, you could tell he wasn't very well, but it was just like just like a cold, you know, just nothing, nothing to sort of write home about. Um, the thing they sort of didn't tell you was that you were going to have like a really bad like 48-hour window. And right in the middle of that was this like 12 or 14-hour window where he had these collapsing episodes. And then, as I say, then he started to get a little bit better. He still wasn't great, but he was a little bit better. Then kind of the the day after that, he was kind of back to just having a coldy, fluey thing like everybody else. So it was just this window that was really, really sort of Manky, but anyway, welcome to the COVID podcast. Welcome to the COVID, the WP COVID show. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got lucky. We we've managed to dodge it pretty well. I I think that if not all of us, I had it in January before the pandemic started because Mm -hmm. I remember um, I really offended my partner by telling her the food didn't taste like anything. for a couple days (laughs) it's like before we you know it was even being talked about but i remember there was like three or four days where everything that i ate i just was like it it doesn't taste like anything like i wouldn't say i didn't have any sense of taste or smell but food just was so bland and everything so i don't know i kind of unscientifically think i had it then but ever since then we've been super lucky we just we dodged it um i mean we're kind of hermits anyway so that makes it easier but (laughs) it's what well, we were just talking about that earlier and like yeah we were talking we were talking about things being filmed in your city and i'm like well i, I don't know i, I don't leave the garden um, <laughs> <laughs> i mean you don't even leave the house <laughs> not, not enough not enough so. not enough but anyway all right we'll stop we'll stop reminiscing about the the years of covid that we've all been enjoying i'm sure everybody everybody listening also went through the same thing if not worse so mm-hmm. thankful thankfully you're here and listening um, hope you're all well and everything. So Absolutely. today, Peter, 
I'm, I'm pretending I'm your mother. That was the best British accent I'll try to do. Hi, Mom. Um, <laughs> today, I think we, we wanted to talk about technical SEO and not necessarily getting into the nuts and bolts of it, but how important it is because it's really kind of first things first, right? When you're launching a new site or you're taking over a site, when you're, when you're preparing a website to start ranking for search on the search engines, first mm. things first, you got to get that technical health set up. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's, it's not very fun. It's not a sexy part of SEO doing on site, on site optimizations to an existing website. Code isn't an interesting read. Um, I think that's, that's the honest no. truth of it. I um, think a newer, a newer site would probably be a little less daunting. Probably. It, probably, probably. Um, but yeah, and and you know it, it can be it can be quite good fun. I'm not I, I don't want to be too down on it, but the the reality is, the reality is that you need to you look <laughs> the on-site technical SEO uh, score of a website taints everything else you do with it. That's the that's the honest truth. So if you if you don't understand that, if you don't know what that is, and you haven't done the best to remedy particularly the errors and i know we'll get onto errors and warnings and stuff in a minute but if you haven't done your best to remedy that as best you can then it doesn't matter what else you do with this website you can write the best copy that the world has ever seen and if google reads that and sees it and then says yeah but it's on a site with a health of 62 percent it's never going to be any better than a site that's got a health of 62 percent so by by making sure you've gone through a process of auditing and rectifying as many of the uh, uh, issues as you can, you are not only providing a very good quick win through to your clients so that you can demonstrate you know what you're talking about and that you, you're actually going to demonstrate some results to them, but you're almost like unleashing the potential in anything else that you do after it. And you do have to keep on top of site health. Site, it isn't the sort of thing you can just do once and then forget about, but it is the kind of thing you can do once and then review once every four to six months. You don't need to be, it doesn't need to be constantly in your mind and you can concentrate with getting on with the other cooler stuff like writing good copy and, you know, finding links and doing local SEO or whatever it might be, um, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, you'd really need to worry about getting that technical piece done first. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's it, like you said, it starts out, and that's one of the most important things when you're when you're growing it and adding to it. That becomes a different conversation. It's usually a lot of work at the beginning, mm -hmm. and then maintenance mode, basically maintenance mode. If the if the site's growing, if it's expanding, if maybe algorithms or software or whatever is changing, there could be some work done. But for the most part, you're doing a bunch of the work up front. You're getting everything in order. And that's why I said it's more daunting when the site's already live, it's already in existence, it's already had who knows what done to it. When it's fresh, that you know, it's easier to start at zero than at negative. Yeah, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Although I, I, I'll try not to get on my soapbox with the next bit I'm about to say. <laughs> I run an SEO audit on every website I launch. So I, I did, I did launched a website the other day. I actually put this out on LinkedIn. Um, Oh, I put the speed test out on LinkedIn. So when we, when I launch a website, I run a, an SEO health check on it and I run a speed test on it. And if I'm, if I'm launching, if I'm replacing a site, the site I'd put on LinkedIn was a brand new site for a new company so that they didn't have anything to, that it was replacing. But if I'm replacing something, I will also run a speed test on 
their old site and I will I will probably run a health check on their old site because what's the point in them having a site which has a health of 84% and me launching a new one that's got a site health of 62 that's not going to help them yeah I want to go uh, backwards <laughs> and if if I'm not hosting the site I will also run a speed test on our dev server and on the live server so I can demonstrate if our dev server is faster than their hosting that they've arranged so i'll do a few of these things and it maybe sounds like overkill and somebody did message me to my post on linkedin and said you know what what's the point you know clients don't care i stopped doing these clients don't care i was just wasting my time here's the soapbox bit i believe wholeheartedly that clients come to us as web professionals you wouldn't take your car to a mechanic and expect him to send it back to you with some issues. You would expect to buy a new car from a, a dealership and expect it to have issues. In fact, in the United States, you even have a thing called the lemon law, where if it has too many issues, you can get rid of it and give it back. So why would somebody come to you as a web professional and you think it's acceptable to deliver a website to them where you don't know how well or not it's performing, you know, how, how good it is out the gate, essentially. Yeah. Right. That's the end of the run. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, yeah. before I forget, I have to say my, my father just actually lemon lawed his truck. Oh, really? And yes. <laughs> and this is something we've, we've lemon law. That's a thing. I, I, I don't know if it's in other countries or not, but I know here in the States, it's something I've grown up with knowing about the lemon law. I've never actually seen it go into effect. I've never known anybody. It's like, oh yeah, I lemon love my car. I, you know, went to effect on that. My dad had a truck that had so many problems and they couldn't fix it up that he had it for like four or five years paid, you know, maybe I'm sorry, maybe three or four years paid monthly, monthly, all that stuff. They gave him back 100% of the money yeah. that he paid towards that. They took it back. So he doesn't have the truck anymore, but I mean, he basically had a thing for free. He got every penny he paid back on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting, but it, it actually, it's kind of a good comparison because that was exactly what would happen. He would take the truck to the mechanic for a transmission problem. And it would come back with two more. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and they would give him, Oh, do this for a little while. And he's like, no, I want you to fix it. I don't want you to give me a checklist of things you want. I want to do, or you want me to do every time I drive. Like, yeah, you know, this is, this is, uh, yeah, you, you're dead right. This is, it just frustrates me that that people think that they can build websites and run an agency and be a developer and, and this, that, and the other and have no idea really whether, you know, just because you can use a page builder and get assets to look pretty on a page doesn't mean you can build a website that's going to perform. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to anybody. No. But you are... Look, and I don't mean it disrespectfully to anybody. That's why services like ours exist, so we can help you with it if you can't do it. But you you almost have a duty of care when somebody... That money that a client is paying you isn't just a fee that that you deserve you know, uh, to, to be paid. That fee is them investing in their company for a better result. So therefore, it's our job to to do our part to deliver that better result. Now, okay, you know, a thousand other things can go wrong with their business that means that the results don't come. I get that. But you need to be able to sort of cross your heart and hope to die that you have done the best you can for the money that they have given you. And 
wow, this has got heavy quite quick. But I, <laughs> I, 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 and I don't really mean it to. We want to get onto the cool stuff, but the, it's there is a a duty that we have, and it's something that we just need to take. We all need to take quite seriously that that is, you know, what is a, a job or a project to each of us. We get used to using websites every day is an investment for the company owner in themselves. Yeah. So you, you said a couple things in there I want to touch on. <clears throat> and it's funny, you know, our, the whole purpose of this topic or this chat was supposed to be about technical SEO and putting that, those steps in place first. But if we segue, the cool thing about recording a podcast is we can change the title afterwards before we watch it. So <laughs> yeah. we've never done that. I don't know what you're talking about, Jeffrey. <clears throat> this, this might be called, you know, uh, looking at what some web professionals do all the time. <clears throat> we'll see. We'll get there. <clears throat> but anyway, you said you said something that I thought was was pretty smart. And that's as web professionals, our clients are trusting us to make these decisions or to know, right? Yeah. And now something I see, I have I feel like I'm in a little bit of a unique situation, right? Because on, on one part of the day I, I run a white label SEO company with you. The other part of the day I run a white label website maintenance or WordPress maintenance and, and support company by myself or with my team over there. And we work with a bunch of different agencies. They all have their own processes, you know, we're there to help. We 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 can help, but sometimes they do a lot of things internally and, you know, we have different kind of situation or relationships with everybody in a sense. Some, some love to have a website built by a freelancer and there's nothing wrong with a freelancer. I don't want to put this, you know, create some sort of like artificial fight between freelancers and agency owners or is nothing like that. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? That's not the case at all. It, let's just say web professional, right? Whether it's one person or somebody with a team, I've seen plenty of agencies screw this up too. But I see so many like just solo freelancers or who not that go in and do exactly what you said. They can make a great looking site. They can use the page builder. They can make the five or six pages and then they, they launch it and it looks fantastic. The client reviewed it, it looks wonderful. But what nobody did was look behind the scenes. What mm-hmm. nobody did was consider what was on the old website. Were there pages that just got deleted? Were there pages that maybe weren't in their menu? I've seen I've seen freelancers go, oh well, I just I just looked at the website, saw there were you know five pages in the menu. That's all I did. Like that was that was the scope. Yep. No, no, no. If it, what you should do is if if you realize that it isn't a full job, you need to have that conversation. Like, don't just take the job and say, well, that's what you paid me for. Yeah. Well, I should have given you the advice. And so, and I see this all the time. I see sites launched, right? And they have 50 orphaned pages that didn't get designed or built out or something like that, or or deleted. Maybe they didn't even get brought over. You know, sometimes they'll clone the site and not touch it. And that doesn't make any sense. Other times they'll start a new site and not import over anything. And that's just poor practice. So... You know, I can't tell you how many times this is just our experience, right? I know you've seen stuff like this. I've seen this a few times. This is just what we see too frequently. I can't imagine people out there that aren't on top of this and looking for it. How many times these things slip through the cracks and how many clients get sites launched and they're up there for years and years and years. And, you know, they finally consult with somebody for SEO and realize, you know, we have nine months worth of work to do that could have been you know, five months or five minutes worth of work at the get-go six months ago. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's, you have, a. it is, it is a responsibility and it's, 
it's something you agree to take on. Look, I look, I I have it in my agency. So like you, I do two things. I I have SEO Hive that I run with you for half the day, and then I I have an agency that's here in the UK. Now we have, uh, I have three developers on my team that uh that that work with us occasionally we work on big projects and they buddy up or they work on something as a threesome and 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 that's that's how they do it but the vast majority of the time when we get open quotes regular websites come in it will only be one of one person will build that site and that's you know they they take the design from the art worker and and they build it out um and they are responsible for it from start to finish. So in a sense, they're no different to a freelancer or a single agency owner or whatever, because it's one person responsible for building one website. Um, so it, it, this isn't to do with size or scale or, or anything like that. It's, uh, it, I, th- I think there's just, it's to do with acknowledging that, that responsibility for what you should deliver and what you're really being paid for um and i know both of us have been part of groups that i'm not going to name um on this <laughs> on on live on air but uh, you and i have been part of groups where the whole idea of the fee that you're paid is kind of like you're right and um uh, you know y- you should you-, you should always aim to get the five figure five figure five page website and and this that and the other i i don't have a problem with people being paid five figures for five pages of a website don't get me wrong but if you're being paid significant money for something that isn't really a technically ta- challenging job then you've got to make sure it's like the best five page website that there is out there on the internet and that yeah involves the design the copy the the code base the the seo the hierarchy of it the you know that you need to be ticking all the boxes if you want to charge that kind of that kind of high dollar i don't charge five figures for a five-page website let me put it that way um but that's uh, i know people that do and again i've not got a problem with that but it's not the problem i have with these coaching groups where that I've seen these discussions happen is that the money has almost been flipped over to be, well, you're the developer, you name your price. It's your right to get to charge, charge what you're worth or however they decide to, to phrase it. Um, yes, by all means, set your own pricing, but you've got to understand that with that comes the expectation of having the proper delivery. And if you can't deliver it properly, then really focus on that before you worry about whacking your pricing up to five figures. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So, uh, what what's the uh, what's the saying? Oh, crawl before you walk, or yeah, yeah, D- don't don't <laughs> um, yeah, uh, don't run before you can walk. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, oh so, boy, oh boy, oh boy. And right, so you know, so, I, I, I feel like we're ranting a bit here, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to bring us round. I was going to bring us round. So where this this. Conversation it's just a professional started. therapy session for the week. <laughs> yeah, your bill will be in the post. Um, the the uh, just to bring this back around to to where we started was a couple of days ago. You and I were on a call together, and you showed me a website. It was, well, it was kind of an e-commerce site, wasn't it? It was. It was a website that had had a catalog added to it, and they'd built out some product pages in this catalog, and the pages weren't optimized at all. They didn't have, the the key thing that we noticed immediately was that they didn't have an H1 tag on the page. 
And you asked me the question, hey, how important is it that this page doesn't have an H1 tag on it? <laughs> and I, I kind of came back with the very SEO-y type answer. Well, it depends. And we we then had a discussion about it. And that's where that was kind of what fed into the thought of, of this show and talking about how important in certain aspects of technical SEO are to your to each website yeah. um so to, to to me from from the outsider's perspective reviewing what had been done it looked to me it was that somebody was okay not to go back to that euphemism but somebody was running before they even tied their shoes <laughs> yeah it was like building all kinds of, of i don't even want to say context it wasn't really content they were building a lot of pages but then like the simple things like the homepage didn't have an H1 tag. And and to me, that's just one of those givens. Like it has to happen. It has to be there. It should always be there. Hmm. And so I was kind of looking for some confirmation, right? Because the way I look at it is that is, is, is that H1 tag going to make or break this website? You know, if it's there, is it going to all of a sudden increase its rankings? Is it probably not? But the fact that it's not there is a, is a, it's a check mark. It's a red flag. It's an error. And so when we're going back to that, to what we were talking about at first, if all things are equal, the one without the errors is going to win. Right. So if, it, if they're, if they're fighting with a website, if there's another website that they're, you know, neck and neck within the rankings for, and, and their competitor doesn't have all these errors, they have an H1, something as simple as an H1 tag on their homepage. Who's going to win? The one with the H1 deck. And that's the same concept for, I believe, speed test too. I like the same thing. You know, people get caught up in speed tests. It's important. Absolutely. I love making a website nice and fast when possible. But you know what? If it's going to require, stupid example, but rebuilding the slider and let's just say 10 hours of development work to come up with some solution, right? And so it's going to cost this company a few hundred bucks, thousand dollars, whatever. Is it worth it to do that? and get it from 97 to 98 probably not unless they're going neck and neck with another competitor that's already at 97 or 98 or whatever um so you know that's kind of the way i always look at it go like it's it's a race (laughs) so if it's going to be that close you definitely want to have those things in place but at the same time make sure you can run fast (laughs) that's important yeah that's uh, and and that's that's, yeah that's that's really all it is and we, we said in a previous episode you know SEO is two things. One is it's a revenue generating thing for Google. It means it can charge the most for the ads at the top. And I won't go back into that again. But the the second thing is, is that SEO is a game of displacement. So in order for you to appear on page one, if you're not there already, you have to be better than the people that are currently on page one and you'll knock all of them down a position. And eventually the person that's in position 10 will drop onto page two into position 11. So SEO is a game of displacement which is why it's not that easy to say, oh, well, is this H1 tag going to make life different, uh, life better for this website? Um, because it, it depends on what the competition is like that are already on page one. If the, if the, the current page one rankings are all, are all terrible, then guess what? Your site only has to be slightly less terrible to beat them, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but... If the SERPs are, if the page one SERPs are full of, you know, excellent websites, then, and you rock up with some mediocre thing, you're, you, you've brought a knife to a gunfight. You're not, you're not going to compete. So it, it does depend, but what it depends on is 
who it is that's already ranking there and what their strategy is and what their site is like and their health and their content and their backlink profile and the toxicity of that backlink. And we can go on and on and on. So it's a game of displacement. And that's, you know, right. So now if we tie these two things together that we've just been talking about, you have this responsibility as a web developer to deliver the best website that you can because somebody is investing in you as a web professional to help their business. And you've got this list of stuff that you know should be right on every website, like H1 tags, like um, uh, like chain redirect loops, like minification of certain things. That's a hot topic. Uh, but you know, there's a whole there's a whole host of stuff that should be right. Making sure there's meta titles and meta descriptions and you name it, all that kind of stuff. Um, the vast majority of that stuff, you only have to set once. If you put an H1 tag in the theme file or the, the theme layout or the, the template that you've built in your page builder or whatever it is to pull in the page title or a custom field or whatever it is, then guess what? All of You're the done. pages have H1. It's mm -hmm. done. You're finished. That's a, that's a green tick. You never have to worry about that ever again. And you know that that is something you've done right for the client. Um, so that's that's how you, you know, that's kind of why I went off on the tangent with the, the responsibility of agency owners. Because some of this stuff, you literally, you just have to do it once and you can forget all about it. Yeah. Um, and it can make the difference. And unless you're going to go and do all the research and the gap analysis and all that kind of stuff to figure out whether it's worth it or not, it's just far easier to do it a lot of the time, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it um, definitely is. It's, I mean, that's kind of a whole another rant that we could go on right there. But it, you mentioned you make sure the H1 is in the theme. WordPress uses most websites, but let's WordPress, okay? They use a theme for this specific reason so that it yeah. is con cohesive, so that things work right. You know, I love Page Builder. All the page builders out there are great. Even the bad ones are still great for what, you know what I mean? From we've been, we've been doing this long enough that we remember, I remember having to type all the HTML in the, in the body of a post or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like it, things have come a long way. Even the worst page builders are better than how we used to design things 10, 15 years ago or whatever. That said, page builders as a whole have just made it so easy for people to start building WordPress websites and same thing with the Wix or whatever, that there's nobody cares about the themes anymore. Like, or so yeah. many people, I should say, aren't caring about the theme aspects of it. They don't, you know, I've, I've seen websites launched without blog functionality. And it's like, it's built in. You know how hard it is to ruin something that's built in? Like, and, and it happens all the time, all the time. Hey, when, when I started building WordPress websites, you had to put you had to know the function. You had to actually code it into the theme functions file to create the post type for pages. <laughs> pages wasn't in the native left-hand sidebar of WordPress when I started building it. That that was that's that's how far back it was, you know. In You're time. dating yourself because I can't say I remember that, but but I remember being really intimidated <laughs> by by custom post types and all that stuff, you know. And once once you realize that it's just a post, you know what I mean. Once you realize, once I understood the concept of that, it, my whole WordPress like everything just blew up. It was just like, oh my goodness, mind blown! I can do anything now. I totally understand <laughs> it. And as soon as you figure out the structure, there you go. But but that's my weird kind of analytical brain. And, and it's, you know, you were, you were saying, um, 
you know, getting all this stuff right. These most of this stuff, it's it's binary. It's a true or false. Like it, you can't really argue most of these technical things. It's either there or it's not. It's either turned on or it's not. The the data is there. You know, a website design and stuff, and that's something that I personally struggle with. Just I'm not an artsy person. That is something that's you know debatable, right? So <laughs> you can, <laughs> but you know, but having these things in place, it's just you run an audit and you'll see the wrong right off the bat. And actually on that note, before I forget, I know you have something you want to say. I'm going to interrupt this talk with a quick ad from SEO hive. You would like to accomplish this without getting into nitty gritty. Just check out our SEO scout reports or our technical health audit. We would be happy to run these things for you and give you a fantastic, what is it? 125 point checklist, Pete, I believe. 125 point checklist. You are 125 right. points. And if you don't want to do that, by all means, just subscribe to something. SEM rush or SE ranking or just any tool out there. There's so many tools you can audit websites well, and they will give you this information. Do it before you launch your website, please. Absolutely. And that will run the report. And then if you can't action or you don't want to action or you've not got the time to action the report, we also have our technical booster product. Oh, we're still on the ad. <laughs> <laughs> we also have our technical booster product where we will apply these changes to your website for you. Um, right, <laughs> keep getting back to it. The So the, the thing I was going to add to this was that the next thing to understand is that there are different classes different classifications to the issues that you can have with the website now the software that we use classifies them as errors and warnings now um you don't uh, you don't really ha you don't have an mot test i'm carrying on with the car analogy here you don't have an mot test in the states do you like an annual checkup for your car annual um I, I'm, I'm guessing that that's what we would refer to as a smog test and i think they're biannually here if your okay. car is past a certain age Right, yeah. So so here in the UK, if you buy a car, if it's more than three years old, it has to have an annual Ministry of Transport test, MOT test. And that is basically a check check of your car to make sure it is roadworthy every year. And you can't tax the car to be on the road if you don't have one of these tests. You also can't get insurance. So, so you're very... Sorry to get caught up on this, but by roadworthy, do you mean like safe to drive? Like it's not going to fall apart? The tires yeah, yeah. are there? So, so, they, so, so they, they check that all the tires are above the minimum tread depth. They make sure the brakes work. They make sure the headlights are aligned properly. They make sure the speedometer is accurate. Uh, they make sure that the seat belts are, have the right tension in them so that they're safe. It, it's, it's a safety <laughs> we, test. We don't do any of that. The only thing that they care about is how much pollution it's making. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Well, they check emissions as well. It needs to be, it which needs is to be admittedly yeah. important. Yeah. Absolutely, Absolutely important. But yeah, so <laughs> they don't so care we, if we, it's going to kill you on the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, we go into all of these things. So, um, so yeah. So it's an MOT test, and basically the MOT comes back that the form has that you get back that you have to keep in the history of your car has. Uh, two sections on it. One is failures and the next is advisories. So failures are things that it has failed on. And normally, if it's failed on something, the mechanic will ring you during the day saying it's failed on these three things. I'm going to fix them. The cost is this, and then we'll retest it. So when you get the car back at the end of each day, it's always passed. Um, but unless it's got real major problems. Um, the advisories, they're the things that they uh, they predict will be failures on the next test so if you don't rectify these within the next 12 months then you you know that it's going to fail on them next time so uh, why am i talking about this the 
the SEO reports that we run are a bit like these MOT tests. So we have errors and they are like the failures. You need to make sure your websites are always running error free. Um, now that can be anything from um, uh, broken links for uh, 4XX pages, um, uh, you know, broken code, missing, missing tags, H1 tags, missing H1 tags, that is a failure, all that kind of stuff. That's That's all an error and needs to be fixed. The website shouldn't go live or you shouldn't start even trying to optimize something else on it while this stuff is happening. We then have warnings, and they're like the advisories. So now, okay, it's not going to come around in 12 months and these warnings will become failures. But instead, what ideally what we want to do with the warnings is keep them as low as possible. However, if for certain reasons there are certain things that we um, we can't address, then we can live with a few of them. A standard one that we get here is um, low text to HTML ratio. You know what? Somebody's contact page is never going to have a lot of text on it. Therefore, it will always have a low text to HTML ratio. And guess what? I'm not going to send a copywriter in to try and fix that uh, that warning. It is just not. We'll just live with that one. That's absolutely fine. Not important. Not important. Yeah, not important. So, like, like I say, there's some of them. Some of them aren't as you know. You can live with them, but it's really important that you understand what is an error or a warning or whatever it is that the software that you're using calls them um but yeah that that's that's how i like to explain it to british uh clients is it's a bit like an mot test for your website it makes sense it makes sense um yeah i'm feeling uh <laughs> i'm feeling very kind of like invigorated but also like stressed out by this a little a little sweaty my palm are a little sweaty like just kind of getting all heated about <laughs> watching people do things wrong. But then it made me realize that because we said something earlier and it was like, you know, as a professional, you owe your clients, you're expected to do this. And I was kind of, I'm kind of picking on freelancers or solopreneurs a little bit with that. And I don't mean to do that at all. It's, I shouldn't, ex I don't expect a freelancer or somebody who's brought in to say, build a website like that to do all this. But I do expect them to kind of go, hey, is anybody doing this? Is it, you know, if they see yeah. something, they should understand this, They, you know, uh, or, or or something like that. And so, you know, maybe if you're the, you know, the person above them, you're the agency owner or something, this is stuff you need to keep an eye on. This stuff you need to make, to make sure is happening. Because if you do, I, I know a lot of a lot of our clients, they have multiple contractors. We have contractors we work with all the time. And they might have their own way of doing things. And they might think they're doing everything correctly because they're used to working with people that do have say an SEO team or a, mm. I don't know, you know what I mean? Insert job title here. Um, you know, every freelance and everything's going to have a much different way of doing things and a much different, uh, experience, uh, or, you know, they're going to have different experiences working with different folks. So, um, there's no real like right, wrong, or way to do things. And, you know, I mean, there's a million different ways to do things in WordPress. Like that's one of the great things about WordPress is you can do anything. One of the worst things about WordPress is you can do anything and you can do it differently in every which way. So, <laughs> well, I, I think my final thing to say on this is that, is that sometimes that the final thing to be aware of with this stuff is that you also need to have the best intention of the client sort of in your mind as you're fixing them so a good uh, some of these things are technical yeah and, and you're like black you're right black or white is there an h1 tag there yes or no now from the technical point of view 
putting an H1 tag on a template so that there's only one on each page will pass the test and you'll you'll increase the site health. However, the, the test isn't looking for what you're putting in the H1 tag on each page, which can also have an, uh, you know, a, a, uh, it can also have a consequence as to what the page is going to rank for and where it's going to appear in the search engines. So the, the real important thing here is that sometimes you know, don't try, you, you need to try and fix this stuff. You need to try and make sure that it is done properly, but you, you're doing it so that you're building a better platform for the client. So some, some of this stuff, you need to be aware of what it is you're fixing it with rather than just fixing it. Um, now, if you're working with the client on an ongoing basis, then you might want to, you know, it, it may be that, you know what, you, you just want to get this stuff fixed as fast as you can, show them the report because you're going to review all of the content that's on the page in a future iteration of your process. That's absolutely fine. But if you're just doing this as a one-off, well, uh, then you kind of need to take it on yourself and say, right, okay, so I need to, I need to fix this. I've got five pages here with missing H1s. Okay, I can put the H1 tag in, but let's just, for, for the sake of another 30 seconds work on each page, what should I actually put in these H1 tags? And just to go and do a quick Google and say, right, so it's a page about this, Google that, see what the H1 tags are like. Um, you know, go go and ask go and ask an AI, go and ask ChatGPT to to collate the. Oh well, don't ask ChatGPT because it doesn't have an up to date database. Go and ask Bart <laughs> for a uh, for for to collate the the title tags for the top ten results about this, and it'll give you the list. So you don't have to put a lot of effort in, but actually, sometimes it's better to fix it properly rather than just fix it for the report. If you see what I mean. I mean, if you're going to go through the trouble, you may as well do it right. Like, you know, like if you're not going to do it right, why do it at all? Sometimes you would argue. But I was going to joke earlier. That's 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 a good tip um, and good way to look at it. But I was going to joke earlier. It's it's kind of say, you know, if the if the H one tag was missing, for example, that's the one we're just using. Sorry to beat that one to death, but it almost would be better to literally just put an H one tag and just put like blah 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 in there, like because that would fix the error. <laughs> Obviously, that's terrible. I know I'm not recommending you do that, but in a sense, <laughs> it would be better to have that and have irrelevant content than it would to just be ha to have none. I think. So, mm. yeah, I know that's a humorous way to look at it, but <laughs> that is a humorous way to look at it. Yeah, but please don't do that. We are not condoning that from SEO Hive <laughs> blah, that blah, we blah. will go and put blah 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 on your website. <laughs> no, but okay. Now, I am obviously being silly here, but at the same time. If let's say you're building out a, a, a page or a site, kind of, kind of just ad hoc. You know what I mean? You don't really have a design or a plan. You're just doing it based off whatever the client's given you or something. If you don't, if you, if you can't figure out what that H1 should be, for example, like Pete was saying, you know, go ask AI or whatnot. If for some reason you can't figure it out, you put that H1 there and you put title should go here. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, because at the same time, as a, you know, like I build a lot of sites and so that's, that's what I've done. That's my, my big history less the writing. So, you know, most of those situations, you're not, you know, you're not um, being paid. I don't want to say you're not being paid to, but you know I mean? That's not part of what you're scoped to do. You're not writing. Maybe that's not your expertise. So at the very least, you could use a placeholder or something that says we need something to put here. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. That that that's a, that is a very good tip. And um, to give Kyle Van Dusen his uh, weekly shout out on the show, uh, he does he did set up website Ipsum. So if you do need uh, Laura Ipsum type website text to go in these things, go and visit websiteipsum.com, I think it is. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll put you it in the show just... notes if either way. Absolutely. And uh, you, you can just go and copy and paste these things out. You know, don't don't stress. This is a heading. It will be replaced or whatever it says. Um, so, yeah, that, that is a, that is a very good tip when you're building. And also, you know, th- this is another sh- good shout out for having some kind of starter th- setup for however you want to however you build sites. If you have a starter theme or a starter install or whatever it might be that you are cloning to start your sites. Well, you know what? Have have some of the base templates. You know you're going to need a single uh, .php file. You know you're going to need an index.php file. You know you're going to need a um, a page.php file. You know you're going to need a header. You know you're going to need a footer. Just go and get those things set up so that they're right. Because again, if you've got that in your starter theme, then you don't even need to think about it before you don't need to think about it, if you see what I mean. You want to know, totally unrelated to this topic, but you want to know something I have in our starter site that I just always pat myself on the back for every time we need it. Go on. Transactional email already set up. (laughs) Oh, yes. I've got it connected to SendGrid. It uses our company domain, so it's ready to go. So basically, anytime during the development process, we could have those emails, and they just come from like our staging domain. We've already got it approved and whatnot. Then we just, of course, have to convert it to the client when we launch it, but at least it's there from the get-go. We will never forget about it. The worst case scenario, their website will send emails from our domain. Yeah. Not like, their website won't send email. Right. No, it'll still send them perfectly. <laughs> so let's say they get a contact. They have a contact form. That's the only sort of thing that they're ever getting. They'll just get them sent from our domain rather than their own domain. So like, I mean, that's the worst case scenario, which is a really good place to be. <laughs> because you know what? We've all done it. We've all sent a website live. And then three weeks later, the client's rung us back saying, I forgot my password. I've hit password reset and I'm not getting an email. Emails never work. That's a that's a whole nother topic because that's literally every fourth post in every website development group. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. Um, but yeah. So look, I, I, this this has been another kind of roundabout the houses, but I think I think we've kind of covered why worrying about your technical SEO is important, particularly if you then worry about your technical SEO errors first. Yeah, I mean, I really hope so. And I one thing I'm I'm proud to say that even before getting into SEO Hive with you, that was something that we always took pretty seriously, like launching with. I don't know if bare minimum is the right term to use or not, but you know what I mean? Launching with just with the basics there, they got to be there. Um, and at least the path is set to, for the website to continue to grow and evolve. And, um, you know, does that stuff make an instant difference right off the bat? Probably not because you've also got to have the content and everything has to mesh together. But when those things do all come together, you don't want to have forgotten about a big piece. And probably one of the biggest things that I have, I noticed when we started doing this years ago was when we would go in and clean up a site, we would kind of, I'm kind of scared to, to quote these numbers. So please understand that these are, you know, no, no sort of guarantees or anything like that. But we would very frequently see a website's traffic double the next month after fixing a lot of this stuff. Right. Now that's relative, you know, maybe they only had a few hundred anyway, but 
you know, well, then we had some massive sites that had little problems like these that, that had literally tens of thousands of URLs. And we'd fix things on the theme, you know, theme level, which of course meant they applied to all 25,000 URLs on the website. And, and we would just see their traffic just go through the roof. That didn't go up 100%, but there was already so many, it was already in the tens of thousands that it went up like 30 or 40%. And it just went wow look at what just a couple hours of work can do yeah you know i mean it's it's relative and it scales but but it scales so it's very important the bigger the project the bigger the website the bigger the company it's very 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 important we we have um we regularly see notable increases in search position and therefore in traffic simply by improving a site health the site health now it might not be brilliant traffic because you know just if the if the website content wasn't brilliant to begin great to begin with and it's not structured properly and you're just kind of ranking for these incidental terms then guess what you're just going to get more incidental term traffic but you can see a measurable increase just by getting this stuff right and it it is one of the reasons why running an SEO health check is a gated product that I use in my agency when I'm selling SEO. I don't sell SEO retainers to people I've never worked with before. I will sell an SEO health check, which is this process, um, as a one-off product project. And then I'll sell another process as another one-off project. So at least by the time I start working on a monthly basis with somebody, I know that I like the client, they like me, I can... Gen, uh, genuinely know that I'm going to make a difference to them before I start taking money off them, and uh, that's just that's just the way I decided to structure it up. Out, but that's exactly the reason why this is one of the gated products. So that you know what, if if we never if this doesn't work, if this all falls apart and we fall out, or I don't want to work with you anymore, or you don't want to work with me anymore, then look, I've given a positive benefit to your business because you're going to leave me with a cleaner website than when you arrived. Yeah. And if that's as far as it goes, I've been paid for that. You've got something out of it. Deal's done. Well, I mean, with any type of audit and, you know, it's setting those expectations and getting a mutual idea of what to expect is very, very, very valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to get sucked into something and you don't want to, you don't want to sell a client on a, like a $99 a month plan and find out they really need, you know, this much work and you know, 10 times the amount of work. And then now you're, am I committed to it or do I have to upsell you either way? Bad place to be. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, the, the other thing that can happen is, and I used to do this. This is why I separated it out. I used to sell an SEO retainer and then in month one, add in a health check. <clears throat> and what that meant was I had so much work to do in month one because I didn't understand the health of the website before I signed the website that I'd often not hit month one's goals. So then my very first monthly call with a client, I was then explaining to people why I hadn't done what they'd only signed up for me to do four weeks ago, um, all because I'd given myself too much to do. So again, just take take a chunk of it out of the process. Get this stuff done before there is a month one, before the that kind of clock is ticking. And then when you enter month one, yes, okay, you might still have to do a bit of keyword research and finalize a plan here or there, but you've actually got an achievable amount of work that sits far more succinctly with what you're going to be delivering monthly. The other thing that would happen is I would get all this work done in month one, and that would set the expectation to the client that that's how much work they were going to get every month. 
So then, you know, month two, they'd be a little sort of standoffish because, oh, well, at least you've at least you've now delivered what you said you were going to deliver. And then month three, they'd think, oh, hell, that really is all you're going to deliver. Um, but you did all this in month one. Why aren't you doing that now? Um, so, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, there's a psychology to this stuff, which, uh, you know, I... I really want people to pick up from our our mistakes so that they don't was, have to make. I was going to say again. we might know a thing or two about this topic. <laughs> so, in fact, that example I was using a minute ago is the one that always sticks in my head because I've, I've never been more proud of anything we've accomplished, and they they cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this happens. This happens. This happens. It's but like, look. <laughs> But look, in all seriousness, if you do need help with this stuff, I, I, this this episode was never intended to scaremonger anybody. Um, but if no. you do feel a bit overwhelmed or you're not sure where to start, we do have audits. They start from $47. They're not expensive. Um, we do have the ability to help you on a white label basis. So if we can help you, um, we're here to, to help you. We're not going to try and sell to you. We're not going to try and force force anything on you. But if you need some help, please reach out hello at seohive.co or hit me and Jeff up on social media somewhere. And, um, you know, we're more than happy to talk to you about it. Should we share the big secret about our audit products? The real big secret? Go on then. It's so much of a secret. I don't know what you're going to say next. (laughs) They're actually sort of free in a sense because all of our audits, we actually will give you a coupon. Assuming the site wants to sign up afterwards, you will get all that money back. So you'll take it off when you sign up. So if you have a hot lead, all of our audit products are kind of no brainers for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, if you're not sure whether they're going to sign up, and you can bake it into a project price, then you can do it at the end of a, a project. You can you can also cover it that way. So honestly, uh, I know we've done a lot of preachy stuff. I've done a lot of preachy stuff on this show. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Jeff's been leveling me on it. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> but seriously, don't, don't get stuck with it. Um, you know, we are a white label provider to help our clients build recurring revenue and ultimately have lasting relationships with your with their clients with your clients so um you know if we can help you do that through delivering better technical seo just reach out we're more than happy to chat we're here and we can't wait to talk to you and with that i think we are winding this uh, episode down yeah absolutely well look it's been fun again i hope you've enjoyed it i've enjoyed it um, i have very much very much so that great. Well, in which case, I love in, in all seriousness. I mean, I know we rant a bit, but I, we've we've had a lot of experience with this stuff, and so some of it is just fun to kind of talk and get off your chest. And the other is kind of it's just useful, it's helpful. And if our experiences help just by sharing them, inventing, and laughing mm. a little bit, then I, I, I hope I hope it you know helps somebody. I hope people take something away from it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Well, with that, if we don't see you in our inbox, we'll see you in the next show. The WP SEO Show is brought to you by SEO Hive, your agency's proactive white label SEO partner. We understand that finding a reliable SEO supplier is key to ensuring you build stable monthly recurring revenue into your digital agency. At SEO Hive, we have a suite of products that will help you sell, scale and deliver your monthly SEO retainers, from our scalp reports and one-off technical boosters, to our flagship local SEO and honeypot plans all of which have clear pricing and monthly deliverables. 
If you want to explore how SEO Hive can help your agency deliver high-quality and reliable SEO agreements for your clients, you can find more information at seohive.co and schedule a call to discuss the next steps.